This is your host, Addy Nett, and thanks for listening to this episode of M-L-O. And Casey, what are we talking about today, big man? We're going to break it down for you guys. We're going to talk about the 10 costs outside of your down payment that you should be aware about when you're purchasing a home. Guys, these are the things no one talks about. Your inspection, the little fees, the stuff that adds up that you might not be calculating into your budget when buying or selling a home, right, Casey? It's all coming out of your pocket. All right, so here we go, guys. We got the full crew, me, Casey, and uh, CK's on the horn as well. So once again, I am your host, Daddy Net, and you are listening to MLO. Enjoy the show. Who's going to hit it this time, boys? Me. <laughs> Wednesday. MLO Live Wednesday episode. Hump day. Hump day. Hey, what day is it, man? What day is it? Hump day. Hump day. <laughs> Let's do a little, little vid check. I'll bring it around. Bring it around. Let's sound check. One, two, one, two. We got a good one today, guys. Yes, we do. And that beat, once again, it never gets old. <laughs> Always gets you in a good mood. Just, we're just letting it shine today. Everyone's just like, I feel bad for the podcast listeners who can't see that we're just dancing to this music. Just picture stick figures moving their arms. Well, y'all know Casey's got the best dance moves in the Pacific Northwest, right? <laughs> oh, I try. Did your daughters give you those lessons you were saying? They did. They told me to upgrade now to go more of a box. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. It happens. I love NASCAR. Here we go, guys. Here we go. MLO chiming in for our usual live studio broadcast, right, guys? That's right. Wednesdays at 3 p.m. at the earliest week, or on time as we can. We kind of miss it, but we're taking care of our people. So this is a live broadcast recorded here in the MLO studio. Uh, Today we're going to chat about... I thought it's pretty good, good, good put together. This was Kemper's idea. The 10 costs to consider when buying a home that are outside of the down payment. Right, Kemps? That's right. It's a question that keeps coming up. What do I need? And we just didn't want to just talk about down payment and closing costs. We want to talk about every cost that's associated with a possible purchase. Yeah, we got 10 things. Um, who's got a new word that doesn't include? Unpack. That word. Or dive unpack. in. Dive in, unpack, review. It sounds very, very formal, but I think it's usable. Would it you is. agree? Yeah, no, today's a good review period, and we're just going to review everything that we have to give you. Yeah, kind of like in school, you know, everyone's going virtual school. It's been announced recently, so we're going to take that red Sharpie, and we're going to put a little ink to the paper, right? Yes, we are. All right. These guys are like, oh my God, what are we dealing with today? Addy? He's doing he's doing his good one. I've had a doozy. I work through the weekend and it's it's the top end of the season. So it's seven days a week. And honestly, the podcast is outside of spending amazing time with my beautiful wife, this is the next best thing in my week. So I'm stoked to be here having fun with the boys. But let's dive into those ten things, guys. So since CK brought it to sure. attention, let's go number one, you know. These are things that they might include some of the closing costs, but in detail that you might not understand, right? Correct. Yeah. So I think number one came up was earnest money, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, earnest money is that 
good faith deposit to the seller, um, showing that you have interest and some skin in the game of uh, making an offer on their uh, home that they're selling. So, you know, what are you seeing out there, Casey, on EM money, as far as what is required? Give us maybe a example on a 300000 300,000K house, 500K. EM what? for earnest money That's for right. everyone that yes. didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Slip yeah. Deal. And we'll throw that in there, EM, you know, earnest money. But what, what we see here, uh, Pacific Northwest, Oregon, um, Portland, Oregon, we're typically going to see about 1% for earnest money. So a $300,000 purchase, you know, that's going to be $3,000 that you would put front. And that's going to be, yeah, it's your, your skin in your game, your, your earnest uh, money for the transaction showing that you are, you know, willing to step forward and commit into this transaction. So 1% is something that we kind of see typical. I know, you know, a seller, you know, doesn't necessarily need to um, require 1%. I have seen, you know, uh, fortunately on some VA loans and stuff, you know, trying to help that veteran out or maybe someone that doesn't have quite the full earnest, you know, accepting maybe a little bit less than standard percentage. Good point. But uh, at the end of the day, they still want to see some type of money put down to the table. Um, one thing that's another uh, part to consider is the location and area you are purchasing in because different areas do have different standards for earnest money requirements. So I know um, California can require 3% for earnest money. So that obviously is, you know, three times higher than what we see here. And so that, you know, could be great, great point. I'm just going to jump in like, State by state, it's different. Every state has different expectations and a different real estate uh, environment. To uh, Casey's point, California is very pro-seller. So they're going to demand higher earnest money early release of. But to stay in topic of the 10 things to know, earnest money, generally speaking, 1%, right? So if you're buying a $300,000 house, three grand up front, it gets deposited into the escrow as a good faith earnest money. And everybody asks us, does that get applied to my down payment? CK, take us on that. What, like, explain that because everybody asks us every time, even That's if you said it, question. everyone wants to know. Yeah, uh, everybody wants to know, does that amount require or go towards my down payment? And the answer is yes, you can use that. Yes, it does. So if your cash to close was $10,000 and your earnest money was 5000 um, your 10,000 total cash investment would then at the end be reduced. That 5k would be like a credit, right? Casey. So then you owe another five to equal that 10. So it doesn't wash away. Um, we often joke that it actually goes to us, the, the, the mortgage <laughs> advisor. So that earnest money is how well you think we performed up to now before you got key. No, I'm just, joking. that's our joke. Though. <laughs> But Addy's making a good point. It's like know. twenty bucks. Yeah, if your earnest money is three thousand and and total cost, you know, for you at the end was twenty, you'd be coming with seventeen thousand to the correct. table because you already put your earnest yep. money down. One hundred percent. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, before we go to number two, we got a couple shout outs here. Our boy Roland Cochran. Love you, brother. He's saying yeah. the studio is Thanks, looking rolling. slick. He's down in uh, SoCal, San Diego. Cool to be watching him and. Uh, he's been throwing down some awesome lives. Yeah, as he's stomping around my old Navy background there. So, uh. Well, Rollins alive more than I'm on my phone throughout the day. The guy is just cranking on a lot of great content, inspiring people to uh, 
Game financial freedom, but a uh, good guy. We had him on our show a few episodes ago. Thanks Serena Cruz throwing down that. I love the videos. Awesome. Thank you, Serena. We appreciate that. Yeah, we love you too. Um, running to number two, CK. Since this was your idea, let's bring us to number two. Chikatoom Toom. Cost of buying a home, and we're talking about. Uh Escrow accounts. Yeah, escrow accounts is a big one. So I think the biggest cost between, at least in the Pacific Northwest, there's a couple different dividers between Washington and Oregon on what your prepaids are going to be. So in Oregon, our taxes are paid, guys, on November. November. Yep, November 1st, they're due. And if you pay them, I think before that, you get a 3% discount. So um, right now, if you were to be purchasing a house, we're collecting right around 12 months if you're closing in the month of August. So a prepaid item, it's always being prepaid. Um, it's, it's something that's if you were to sell your house the next day, the new sellers or buyers would be crediting you back that, that, those funds. So keep in mind, it's a prepaid item. It's a confusing thing. So like, we're not going to break it down into two sentences. Just yep. know that. You need to understand and work with your mortgage advisor, depending on what state you are in the country, on how many months are required based on when you are closing your real estate transaction. Because it can range between six months and up to 14 months, depending on the state, right? That's right. And your homeowner's insurance is going to be lumped in there, and sometimes your uh, mortgage insurance as well. I think, yeah. Oh, for for, uh – listeners obviously and people watching uh if we didn't quite explain what the escrow account is that is the account that we're going to set up that you're going to put your property taxes and home insurance in place that then will be paid on your behalf each year for those taxes and your home insurance so when you're purchasing a home if you're typically putting less than 20 percent down you're going to be required to uh, have an escrow account and that's just to ensure that those property taxes and that home insurance is going to be paid uh, on time at the right time every year for the lender. And we're going to make sure that that's there. And so that's why that escrow account may be required for you. Um, Great point. Other, other parts in other programs out there have different escrow um, account requirements. So a VA loan does not require you to have an escrow account, but many lenders will require you to have an escrow account. So there are some factors in there that, you know, it's good to be aware of as a buyer. Um, FHA is another one uh, for the most part. Yeah, they require you to have that escrow account, mandatory, I think. And, and and so that's just for your buyers out there. That's one thing. It's the account that we're setting up for your property taxes, for your home insurance. And I'll let CK take it away with uh, kind of how they are collected and it does depend on the timing of the year when you're buying. Oh yeah. And it, yeah. And just to jump in real quick, like that is just a really big importance. Like we're going to do another episode on the breakdown of escrow Cause we could talk freaking 40 minutes over that's it. An, that's right. Real easily. But just to know about, I like to explain it in buckets. So you have your, your closing costs and your prepaids together. Those are your total closing costs. So a lot of people don't understand the difference, but it's important to know, generally speaking, at least in our area, you're paying about a year in advance of property taxes and insurance, which usually equates for about 50% of your total closing costs combined. Great so point. just put that together. But I think we like to note that because another easier way to explain it too is, <clears throat> pardon me, you get your keys, you close, right? Your taxes and insurance are, are taken care of for a year, generally speaking. All you need to focus on 
If you've elected to have an escrow account, which is required for sub 20% down payment buyers, that monthly payment, which includes one twelfth of your property taxes and insurance for the full year. So once you've made 12 payments, those little slivers of the cheddar, as you like to say, have been deposited into your escrow account in your name, and then they get paid. All you got to do is focus on that payment. And most mortgage advisors, unless they're complete sleazeballs, are always going to quote you a monthly payment that is all in. So you got to just make sure that those taxes and the insurance are, are very, very accurate and you should be on, on pace there. So moving to number three, because I want to, tens a lot. Oh my gosh. I don't do things in sets of tens guys. Like I'm going to need a winder break here pretty (laughs) soon, but we'll have an intermission at five. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Seriously. We'll rebeat it. We're playing 36 holes here. (laughs) Christ almighty. Yeah. With no mulligans. I'd do it. (laughs) So what are we on the next one? We're going to roll with the origination costs. Yeah. That's a big one. And CK rope that down because you've been on a a lot of different platforms, been through a couple decades of the ride here. So break down the origination costs. Yeah. I've definitely worked at some places where they require 1% origination, which would be 1% of your loan amount. So $300,000 loan amount would be a Mm $3,000 upfront charge that would be required to be paid by the borrower or in a refinance situation into a, uh, into your fees. But talking about origination, you might see an underwriting fee as well and a processing fee. So those are just some fees to be aware of. It's all counted into your APR, mm. which is a good way. We've talked about it in our last episodes. What's that APR? Yeah. Is how to shop your loan and see how you we match up or one um, quote might match up to another one. Uh, the lower the APR, the lower in, uh, total fees typically. Yeah, and I think, you know, when it comes to origination fees... I think one of the most confusing thing right now is someone might call a lender and they'd be like, I can get you X rate, right? I can get you this rate and I have, I'm not going to charge you any points for it. And points, if you haven't listened to the MLO series points is the cost associated to attain the rate that's locked in and promised. So it might be a thousand dollars for that rate, or it might be no cost for that rate. So you might get a lender who is trying to earn your business and say, hey, I'm not going to charge you any points for this, but they're not verbally disclosing that their origination charge is 2%. So if you had a $300,000 loan, that'd be $6,000 in closing costs. And the other lender that might have had that same rate for only a $1,500 cost would have actually been cheaper. But that other lender on the phone has fooled you because they could say they're not going to charge you any points. So that's one of the things that I don't like about our industry is that you can shuffle around. And that goes back to your point, though, with APR is the, the total equalizer. And I think you do a good job with it to break that down like Addison was trying to trying to say the way I look at it and I try to explain to clients is you're going to break it down to three sections you're going to have brick and mortar fees the way I like to put it your underwriting fee your admin fee your processing fee you're going to see some type of those forms when you have uh, lenders that have physical locations for the most part Um, coming back you then you have a different platform so like Addison mentioned are you paying any extra costs to get that rate? If mm-hmm. so, that could be a discount point that you're paying. Now, depending on that lender's platform, maybe they do charge an origination to do that loan, which would then be the commission um, for that loan officer. 
um, or the lender. And so that could be a additional cost. So the way I try to explain to my clients and coach them into at least when you're shopping your lender out and looking at different quotes is exactly what are all those fees and try to look for those um, because at least your originations would be put up there at the top with your brick and mortars, your admins and stuff. And then you want to see, are you paying any points for the rate? And is that lender charging you for his commission? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. So that, how many have we gone through? Three so far? Three. Yeah, four. Yeah, it's a, a marathon gr- guys. It's a marathon. You got to stay with it though. When we said that we were going to do a podcast, I didn't think I'd become an Ironman athlete, but <clears throat> going to number four, we got inspection. This is a big one. I think this is the biggest one, Christian, for out-of-pocket expenses right off the bat because it has nothing to do with the loan, nothing to do with the real estate, down payment, closing costs, none of it. So talk to me what you've seen in our market with inspection and what else because there's more to it, the scopes, the yeah. radon, et cetera. This is one that I truly think it's important to have a discussion with your first time home buyers. A lot of people that have gone through the purchase process before know this stuff and they've gone through it, but for a new person going into this, they don't know, they know that they need an inspection. Mm-hmm. They really don't even know exactly how much that costs. Is it 200? Is it a thousand? Yeah. What is it? Can my grandpa do it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was a contractor. Can he just go yeah. and look at it? And my dad worked at Home Depot four years ago. Can he do it? That's right. Well, mm-hmm. he can if he wants to. Um, oh, and if the sell- seller is willing to let him walk the house. Um, but the whole thing is we have licensed um, inspectors out there that are going to go through the process with a fine-tooth comb. And mm-hmm. it's probably going to be the best money that you spend if you have a good inspector. And you may go to, you might have two or three before you, before you find that um, perfect home for you. So keep that in mind to, you know, average uh, inspections, what, four to $500, depending mm-hmm. on the square footage of the home, size and everything else. If it's a condo, it might be a little bit less mm-hmm. um, on those type of fees. But there's also sewer lines inspections where they take a camera and check for any uh uh, roots that are intruding into the sewer line. Um, there's uh, That's my biggest one because they literally shove a camera down the sewer line and make sure there's no cracks, cracks or root, roots embarking upon that pipe. And that repair can be it's anywhere huge. between five to seven K. So it's, you know, $100, to- $200 to have someone run it through. And it's totally worth knowing or not knowing. It's exactly. very common at least in the valley where we're at, for that to be a big issue, particularly in Salem. Um, for some reason, that is extremely common. And actually, there's a there was a sewer scope inspector. They'll usually do it. They'll run the line through, right? And then they'll send you a link then with the video. And this one guy, when we did it on our house, was at the best. He was like, he, he did the whole full commentary <laughs> of this thing, right? Like, we're at 10 feet, and we're at 12 feet, and we got roots on the right, up. Nope, nope, that was just a rock. We're good, and we're we're going to continue running. It's kind of funny to see someone running a pipe. Something here. that you got to think about it's when big. when you're buying a home mm-hmm. and protecting yourself. Uh, we have radon inspections or radon uh, detectors. That is some big things up here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Issues. We are seeing that, and there's mediation for that. So don't be scared of a house that has it. There's mediation for that. Um Pest and dry rot inspection. Sometimes our VA and our um, FHA loans, if a appraiser uh, comes out there and sees something, uh, they may require a pest and dry rot inspection. A couple hundred bucks on that. Mediation as well. Uh, roof inspection. Um, yeah. Oil tank um, detector. 
Mm-hmm. And I got lots of stories, and I could sit down and talk to you why these are important because in 18 years of lending, I've seen horrible things when people have not done them, and I've seen amazing things where a client saved fifty to $60,000 having the clients do the repairs prior to them moving in, almost took a closing cost credit for 7000 after they dug up the oil tank and found out there was some deca- detamination. Mm. It, en- it ended up being a thirty-five to forty thousand dollars fix. So, so we got a really we got a comment here from uh, Matt. Although the inspector, the the spreck, we love him, and we're actually going to do a little. We're going to throw a background song again for Matt. So Matt's throwing in. Although the inspection is a sunk cost, can you speak to some of the benefits that might come out of an inspection? For example, things that are found that can justify getting a decrease in the price slash closing costs. Ooh, a shimmy shimmy. I got one for you. I got a little story for you. Was it Matt? Yep, Matt. Matt, thank you. So I went through and I was, uh, we were looking at a few different homes and uh, we we're looking to fix and flip a couple properties. So we're just going through homes. Um, and personally, like, I, I am kind of a tight guy, right? I just don't want to throw $400 away. Like, you know, 400 yeah, bucks, you're right? Cheap. Like, I'm just cheap, right? Just <laughs> a cheap guy. But uh, home inspection is needed because, I mean, truthfully, I can't I can't stare at a home and tell you, yeah, looks good. I know everything about it. It's a good investment, right? So I hired a guy, came out, and I thought this was the property. I mean, all the numbers were there. This was my moneymaker. And what do you find, Matt? He found... Really, really, really bad crack in the foundation in the center of the house, which you would not see unless you crawled in there and you were in the center of the house to find this. Wow. So it was a fifty to $60,000 repair after I had bids uh, looked at. And at the end of the day, Matt, I had to walk away from the cell, um, cancel my you know contract that I was in contract on, and... Uh, terminate because the cost out it took away you know the benefit from me buying that home so the four hundred dollars was well worth it Mm -hmm. yeah and you know crack foundation is a good point and to kind of get to it the way i explain it casey is like okay hiring an inspector is going to do two things a it's going to identify red flags things that would make you want to step away from this entire deal but then it's also going to build out a 10-year plan so that inspector is going to go under the hood and be like hey this is going to wear out in X amount of years. This is something you should look for. But in regards to answer Matt's question, and there goes the music. Gosh, I love that beat. To answer Matt's question, there are a lot of people that will use it to kind of negotiate, if you will, um, yes. with the sales price. Now, it's not. It's a hopeful strategy, which doesn't <laughs> always work, um, and it's not my plan. But there are things that are notable, um, for example, roof life if the roof is on its tail end and the inspector is saying hey this is going to be done um this is something that needs to be addressed Uh, another common one uh windows that are not sealed if they need to be resealed then they're allowing moisture uh leaks underneath the house that's a big thing so it's not always necessarily a way to hey i'm going to offer really aggressively right christian and then hammer them down but it is a way to at least address deferred maintenance that isn't ridiculous and it's a tough subject line because some people just get ridiculous and you made a point to you because it is that seller like i even came back and tried to pull that play i'm like oh great i'm gonna hit him for another 75 low if i pay 50 for the foundation it's 25 bank and he just told me kick rocks you know (laughs) like he just wasn't wasn't even willing i mean the house was already priced lower but you start throwing in flags like that yeah 
Well, there could be just a small little punch list too, where you're able to, if you're a little bit handy, you can do those things. And so if you can get an extra $1,500, $2,000 added to your closing costs, and it could just be like some peeling paint where you can get out there and scrape and, you know, match it up. Those are the little things that it could be an advantage Mm -hmm. to help you with some of your closing costs and, and your prepaid. So yes, there are times to take the repair addendum credits and there's times to have the seller fix it prior to you going in. Great point. No. And it's, I can argue both sides. Obviously for me, I'm always pro our client, but I also think in a market like this where it's competitive and it's hot, Mm -hmm. you can't be like, Oh my gosh, they didn't swiffer the garage for four years and you want a $400 pressure washing credit. You can't get that. I mean, you could chalk it up, but I just think it's just unreasonable. Like, I've seen some real doozies out there. Like, I saw a deal fall apart, guys, because the, no, this was like in March, and the buyer was like, we want the gutters cleaned out. Okay, so that costs like two, $300 max to have someone go around and clean out the gutters. These sellers were so frustrated because... They're already giving them a great deal and being very accommodating throughout the negotiations. Now they wanted these gutters cleaned up. And the seller says, no. Gutters are, cleaning gutters are a part of home ownership. So when you acquire this property, you can get on a ladder and do it. Literally two and a half weeks in a contract, they walked over a, my dick's bigger than yours on paper. So you really got to be careful. Like you do. You, and I always encourage everyone, whether it's on our team, we do this with operations, buyers, partners. I Look. didn't understand that. Oh, Casey got a little Siri go off. Didn't Siri. understand that. I don't even have Siri. You don't even have an iPhone. Yeah, how do I have Siri? What are you talking about? I don't know. We're all in silence. That's crazy. See, even Siri takes it personally. That is when you know it's sensitive. That's when you're bringing it up. It's a sensitive topic is when Siri, which is not even on Android, tells you home inspection. Just think about it. But here's the thing. Look at it. You got to look at it from the other side. Look at it from the person that you're sending the addendum to and how they've lived in this home and it's very personal. Right. It's their home. So if you're not putting any color or communication and that's where the agents are going to help you be the buffer on that and call and be like, Hey, look, I know this addendum is going to be like a middle finger to a lot of the things that you might think. And you know, your clients might've cherished that naked angel water fountain in the backyard, but we need it removed prior. That's your agent's job, right Right. guys to communicate that not piss grandma off. And then she throws your work. Or there's originals at your addendum and says, get out of here. You know, <laughs> that was a rock. The Werther's originals. Those are the best. That's awesome. All right. What are we hitting for number five? <laughs> Case is like, I'm over this number five. Uh, we got one more comment to Greg Corbett out of Arizona, throwing out great stuff at a, those, uh, sewer scopes, huge, especially for older homes. Appreciate the content. Yeah, they are for yeah, sure. Appreciate the con, con uh, it's worth a couple hundred bucks. And the, uh, and the message shout outs. Oh, last, right yeah, now. yeah. The uptick's for real. Uh, hashtag trending might be uh, where we're at today. Uh, but to throw into one more on the sewer scope, lastly, just because it's new construction doesn't mean you don't need a freaking sewer scope. Most people think it's brand new. The line's great. But here's what happens, guys. They've been building that entire home with no driveway or sidewalks 
foundationally poured yet so they're driving those huge dumpsters dropping off lumber materials everyone's working but the sewer lines laid underneath so it often cracks because there's nothing protecting it so just because you're buying a new home whether you're choosing to work with an agent or not guys wherever you're in the nation get that sewer scope new or old right and even home inspection too a brand new home can still be inspected yeah don't don't overlay that recommend it big time all right let's go to the next Next one's uh, number five, attorney. I know that uh, our boy Carpenter here had some uh, did, some I, notes on this one, so did, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna lay it, it down to him. We uh, wanted to take this off in case he's like, "Don't take off the attorney one. I got things to talk no, about." I got so. Things to talk about the attorneys. Uh, Stage is yours, brother. I know certain states do require uh, attorneys on real estate transactions, um, so that's definitely something you want to talk with your your mortgage advisor with and make sure if that's part of your state's requirement or stuff, something like that. But uh, one thing I did see was, um, and just a certain situation I had, is sometimes you might have to involve a real estate attorney um, for a transaction to where, for mine, um, we were just looking at, um, you know, uh, cashing out and buying out uh, a co-owner. So two people owned a property together. And uh, there's a couple ways you can go about that. One option is using a real estate attorney. Other option is doing it through title with a real, you know, uh, well, you could do real estate agent or not and draft up a purchase contract and pay title insurance to go through the full nine. Or you can do a real estate attorney who can draft up the documents for you, give you whatever their hourly rate is to do this and some of the recording um, fees that are required and you're good to go. So what jumped out on me is we don't really see this that often. I know real estate agents um, might deal with real estate attorneys, um, but from our buyer's perspective side, um, if it's something that has to do with your state-specific lending and that's what they're doing there, then ask your mortgage advisor. Make sure you guys have that taken care of. For us here, um, I've just seen it where you can have real estate uh, attorneys come in to do certain things on transactions. And, you know, it's basically just like an attorney, hourly rate, right? So that's something to to know because let's say if they got hours to do, that's a lot of costs that yeah. could add up. And, and Attorneys don't go $10 an hour. I'll tell you that. No, they don't. So breaking it down, some states use title companies and some states use real estate attorneys to close your transaction. The only time I really see uh, real estate attorneys come into play here in, you know, Oregon, Washington, California, is if it's in a trust, you're seeing uh, uh, through uh, a transfer of title um, with uh, family members. It's the only time I really use them, but uh, they are part of the transaction when we are doing mortgages and we appreciate them. That every was the day. word, family trust. I was trying to find it up there. Yeah, you're trying to find that trust. Well, you know, Casey, not everyone has a family dynamic like yours, which could be an HBO miniseries. So. Oh. <laughs> Just playing and with And here comes the comments. <laughs> <laughs> They're pouring in, guys. <laughs> okay, number six. Number six. We got no, six. no, 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 no. Just to wrap that up, you're totally, <laughs> totally right. Like the family trust thing is really big. That gets super complicated. So if you're inheriting money, you're moving things around, splitting up with family members. Trust me, you don't want to hash that out over, you know, a hungry man and the Jets playing the Giants. Like you, <laughs> even if it's in the bubble. Seriously, that, no, yeah. no, it's something you want a uh, real estate attorney involved in, most likely. And especially if there's a handful of you, you got that property, you know, it's all seven of you kids own the property that great-granddad seven. left, and uh, three of you want to sell, four of you want to keep it. How are we doing this? Yeah, so it's part of it. Yep. Next, e- 
Number six, we have credit report, credit checks. We have... Yeah, uh, I got to pay for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to pay for that. Most people think... I think one of the biggest ones with the credit ones is people ask is like when they're doing a pre- an application. They're not buying a... It's a right. two-way determined they're getting rolling. What do I have to pay for the credit? Technically and mostly, at least with us at MLO here, we don't charge you up from for that. So that's that gets rolled into your closing costs at the end, like 50 to $100, depending what you're using, the complexity of the credit report whether there's refreshes or resubmittals, but you should not ever have to pay up front for a credit report or applying. Or that actually happens. Like yeah. one out of four people are like, how much is it going to cost me just to apply? It happens a lot. People ask that a lot. So just don't be scammed by Uncle Uncle Joey calling and be like, hey, for $40, I can tell you how much you're pre-approved for. That is not legit. Um, and you might get that call, so keep it keep a heads up there what else we got good points and, and we'll, we're gonna we're gonna show you that too you're, yeah. gonna, you're gonna see on you know anything that's disclosed to you guys or at least your closing cost breakdown you're gonna see the credit report charge on there and uh you know know that you know it's part of your closing cost was that five that was number six number six we're getting oh there. we missed our break for well we, we took it with uh was it matt yeah but we oh, had to have our dance party. party shoulder shoulder bone Bring the pop. Bring the pop. What I really want to break down mid-session, guys, is how people can get a hold of us. So we're, we're actually going to build out a new reach out platform. It's going to be called the Are You Ready to Sell or Buy survey. So that's going to be coming really, really quick. But for now, we always like to let everybody know if you would like a no obligation consultation. No obligation. For three easy payments. Of, no, I'm just joking. You can reach out to us anytime. The MLO team is here for you. We don't. We can chat through any of the things that you need to talk through and build out a plan, whether it's short term, long term. We don't care. You're buying now, later. It's Doesn't matter. And we, Heck, we just want to talk. Yeah, just we just honestly to... just want to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we have a local number. Yeah, how are you calling us? I got 503. And uh, VIP? 9038. And we do recognize the fact when you look in your phone, it doesn't really tell you those letters, so... It's a great way to filter if you're serious or not. If you can figure out what VIP stands for on your phone, you can look it up. Number those look like. it up. You can get a loan. <laughs> you can have an opportunity. <laughs> hey, you're you. on the way there. You are so close. Halfway there. <laughs> I love that our I love that our entire strategy is to take the piss out of every joke before people get to put it on us. Exactly. It's the key to happiness I've learned. That's right. That oh my key. gosh, that was good. Do we have any family comments yet? Uh, <laughs> not postable ones that I can share right now. Nice. <laughs> so we're on to number what? Number CK. seven. Seven, seven. We're talking Lucky about... Seven. Extra insurance. We know that we have to have homeowner's insurance or your hazard insurance. We're just going to protect you from a home fire. Um, some, water extra no, fire I don't know insurance. if it covers all water damage. I don't know if it's your you right. you got to talk to our... Hey, guys, this insurance only covers up to 190 degree heat. <laughs> now, we've got a high probability this could go to 50. Would you have to upgrade? <laughs> But we want to talk about like some other things. If you're in a flood zone, there's going to be flood insurance that's going to be uh, required. FEMA is going to put you that in a flood map, and it's very expensive. You know, it's something that you can't get away from. So when you're checking out the property, it's typically disclosed on there if it's in a floodplain. So, but just, often it's not. I've had those, and it stinks to know because like, what's oh, a stinger? Flood insurance is. 
I mean, just to throw some, let's say like $250,000 house, just a low ball, you're looking $150 a month on top of normal insurance just for flood insurance. So like, yes, as to CK's point, you, you should have it disclosed in the listing, but it often isn't to be more appealing. Right. And then often mortgage advisors that either were rushed into just writing an approval letter or didn't look at the property just right. won't know. And you can do that if you're just curious and you're doing this all on your own. To your point on FEMA, you can look up FEMA property eligibility lookup. I will tell you though, it's really hard to like judge that map. Like often I'll go in there, you have to type in a full address and I come out of it being like, well, it, it, the address was right. I can't really read the map. It's really hard to read it. There's all these different there things. Is, so really is, you want to work with your, your insurance agent, if 100%. you will. They'll let you know if there's an elevation uh, clause in there, if you can get out of it or if it's a partial, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Uh, some states you might require earthquake insurance. Um, oh, yeah, that's elective. Yeah. Um, Common in California. Yeah, there's a lot of elective insurance, and that's what is, we're is talking about. Is sinkhole insurance in Florida? I don't know. Sinkhole? <laughs> Sinkhole. <laughs> Sinkholes. But CK's right, though. Gator snap deductible. <laughs> Seriously, you never know. There's insurance for every, There's everything. There's insurance for everything out there. But, oh, yeah, but he's right because you're typically going to get talked or told about your uh, your home insurance, right? Because that's going to protect your home. The home's got to be insured. It's got to be insured. Um, but there's other insurance out there. And typically the home insurance is very uh, reasonable and affordable per month. It's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, it's five Starbucks trips and your home's insured for the month. But Yeah, cut back. It tightened the bell on a couple of luxury. Yeah, but but you throw f- flood insurance in there? I mean, I've seen flood insurance for three or $400 a month. Yeah, flood's I mean, for real. You know, your your $2,000 mortgage just went to $2,500. I think another thing, too, is, guys, like, people don't understand that when you get your initial quote or estimate from a mortgage advisor when you're not in contract, it's an estimate. The loan officer, mortgage advisor can type in whatever they want, whatever they think the the monthly premium will be. And there's so many factors. And that monthly premium affects the closing costs based on that 14 months or year advance prepaid. So that's a big swinger. So one thing that I explain is like, hey, it's going to depend on a few different factors. The house, the age, your credit score, how many people are applying for the insurance, and then the variables that we can control, what are you choosing for a deductible? So typically the lower the deductible, the higher the monthly premium. For me, I would rather have a higher monthly or a higher deductible than a higher monthly premium because if the wicked witch from the West comes in and blows my house away, I'm going to have no problem paying $5,000 to get my half a million dollar house back. No freaking problem. Where some people are like, okay, well, I'll pay $100 a month in mortgage insurance. But if the wicked witch from the West blows my house away, I only got to pay five bucks. It's never going to happen. So you got to look at those deductibles and what it's covering because that can swing big time between 50 to $100 a month on what your premiums are. And that's a big factor. And it ripple effects down to the closing costs. So, yes, sir. Great point. Gosh, Great I almost point. ran out of breath there. That was a good, good run. Nailed it. Uh, another one, our boy JB, who's just on the other side of the wall here. Um, Our producer, he's awesome. None of this would happen without him. We absolutely love Josh. He's killer. But he asked, HOA is requiring certain deductibles. I think one of the biggest things, you know, Krista and I, our first home was a condo. It's now our investment property when you rent it out. So the HOAs typically will cover a 
exterior insurance policy that is carried by the entire building. So when you own a condo, the homeowner's insurance you're required to carry will be less than a normal single family because you're really only covering walls in walls in of the of the unit rather than walls out which is included to a partial amount of your hoa and that's per case right right christian i don't want to say that's universal but that's most common yeah right? and i think you know not all lenders are going to require the borrower with the condo to get the, their interior goods um, insured um, most of the time they will but some some are going to be like, well, that's your interior stuff. We just care about the walls on the outside. But, uh, yeah, it's something that uh, can range from, I had a client that's purchasing a condo, sent over a quote, and I think it was like $800 or something. I was like, whoa, that's, condo that was just for the interior side of things. I'm like, I think you should maybe shop that around. He was able to find it about, you know, right around $435. It seemed mm. more reasonable with the same exact coverages. So that just shows you from, you know, insured agent to, insurance agent or company how different it could be yeah and you know we're gonna have our boy tyler ross one of our trusted insurance people here break it down i love his perspective that's funny he's the one that uh, helped my boy out yeah no i mean tyler's awesome and he's one of the good guys just like we consider ourselves most of the time, right, Casey? Most of the time. <laughs> no, I, I just think there's a lot of different factors to the insurance piece. Are you bundling? Are you insuring the wedding ring and the family heirlooms? So those are the factors there. Hopefully that helps, JB. And, you know, Josh, if that didn't answer your question, you can always talk to me just, you know, when we don't do this uh, <laughs> anytime. So. <laughs> No, we appreciate We appreciate our producer. Oh, we appreciate our We love him because he participates and he's driving on more comments and views for us. So next one, what do we at? Number eight, we have an appraisal. Appraisal cost, appraisal fees. What is what is that? Yeah, I think there's a big thing on appraisals, and let's break it down this to a couple different buckets. Uh one being, first of all, what's disclosed to you is typically an estimate, right? But there's factors that could make the appraisal more or less so like out in our neighborhood it's usually 750 but right now as of late you know we're seeing a huge increase of volume supply and demand has made that more like eight to nine hundred dollars so there's a variable of a few hundred bucks but you've got a good one right now that's closing this week casey uh with a new build so talk about you know that additional fee to do what on new builds yeah so with those uh, new construction homes you just want to make sure one the appraisal is going to happen you know, for the most part on every, on every home. And they're trying to determine, you know, the value of that home based off comparable sales and stuff. You got a new home though. She isn't finished yet. She hasn't been completed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just a home, a seventies ranch that's been sitting there for 50 years. It's brand new. So what has to happen is that appraiser comes out initially and is going to inspect that home, but they're really going to inspect it depending on how far along is it is in the build, but typically based on plans and specs, and are going to come back out or be they're going to be required and need to come back out to sign off that that home has indeed been completed mm -hmm. and finished construction. And so it's something that I am constantly harping on and being aware of on our new construction deals because it's like it's something that has to happen at the very end and you need to make sure it's there because we can't close the loan unless we verify from the appraiser that the home has been completed. Mm -hmm. The old 442. Yeah, the old 442. Now we call the 1004D, and I'm sure next year it'll be the 1369. <laughs> that's, that's all lingo that no one needs to 
remember, but there's a final inspection on new construction. That, agents, that's another agents 100. Agents still call it a 442. No, they call it final inspection. It's like 100 bucks, and it sucks, too. Like, there's certain things that they're nitpicky on, like all the plastic on the ground. I've seen one do another $150 charge to pull the plastic out the freaking gun. It's so silly. So you got to watch out and make sure everything's dialed in and ship shop shape. Um, other complexities to the appraisal could make it more expensive. So if you're putting a rush to it, that's one thing. You got to hurry, hurry, hurry. Acreage, outbuildings, gated communities, um, rural properties that take an extensive amount of time to drive to island properties all of those things the appraiser that's being hired which is third-party company not the lender it legally has to be someone different than um an in-house person so it's completely divided but all those things could tack on to a higher value value too Mm -hmm. sometimes you might have to do a couple appraisals for your home it might be required to have two appraisals depending on you know that that size and that value of the home Mm. i've never had that happen me neither Mm, but you're saying it's something that could happen. some well, jumbos yeah so jumbos two million dollars required uh different different amounts require two appraisals for sure if it's juicy double rack double, double rack appraisal but yeah fortunately i haven't had that yet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't Number know where to take it i'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna keep this thing going because we're gonna get to 10 I we're promise. so 10, close guys. we're so close normally we're going and bit this shorter, is a big one we already kind of mentioned uh attorneys and we're going back to our title folks and title fees and mm-hmm. what those costs are so uh, addison um do you yeah. want to break yeah. that down for us a little bit and yeah. what a common roundabout number what you're seeing give me some ideas. yeah with like title costs you got to understand that there's a couple different variables too with like Hey, what county and state you're in? Because counties and states are going to have transfer tax, county tax, all these different things. Um, believe it or not, there's a per page cost that's associated. How many pages are printed for the deed and the title? Right. Uh, but the biggest chunk is going to be your, your um, owner's title insurance. So that's going to depend, you know, 800 to $1,900, depending on, you know, Long what size. the loan size is. So the biggest thing to understand that what that does for you which i think is a total scam but it's required to have is if there's any liens against the property that happened before you established ownership with the house that insurance protects you so they couldn't sue you so it's very very important the irony of that insurance is the escrow closing fee which covers all the title on escrow you know, people running around printing, closing, managing money. That's also supposed to cover the lien check. So that insurance is required and covers in case the company that is hired to check the liens misses something. It's a tough one to digest, but welcome to America where everyone gets a slice of the cheddar, as Casey would say, right, buddy? Yes, sir. Um, and it's required and it's good. You never know. I had one story where a guy came back and there was a lien that was undiscovered. The guy had it written on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. like a, it was like a poker room hustle or some crap like that. But that insurance did actually assist it. Other like more serious examples could be say a business lien. So you put your a business owner on the house. You know they do this and they take get a line of credit and they say, hey, I'll put my lien up for these materials to run my business and it didn't get processed with the county. It didn't get checked. You bought the house. You don't want to inherit that. So that's a big chunk to the title and escrow. And I, you know, I re- I need to back up. I feel really bad because 
Title and escrow people are really important, and I really, I really poked at the logs there. But it's the insurance, not the people. So I just want to put that out there that that's a big cost to it. And I do appreciate our title and escrow people because they work their butts off to get deals closed. So yes, and and the title people are also ensuring us as lenders that our borrowers don't have liens or judgments against them. Yeah, they check you're buying a house things. that's uncumbered with any kind of judgments or liens is free and clear besides the one that we're putting on there for your mortgage. So it's very important. We do a uh, thorough check to make sure that your property that you're purchasing is going to be without encumbrance. Okay. And then there's stuff that they can find that uh, can make or break a loan, you oh, know, 100%. and that's, you know, something that maybe even, you know, we, we always hope our clients tell us everything, but sometimes clients leave some things out that maybe they forget or whatnot. And, uh, you know, if that's back taxes that we haven't paid in five years. Yeah. The taxes are a big thing. Yeah. You want to have those taxes. Uh, So let's check all that. Titles Mm -hmm. title can find that out for us and help us, you know, so. Number. Should we do a. We're down to the last one, folks. Coming in hot. We have number 10 surveys. Surveys. How did that make the list? I don't know why that is even on there. I, I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to end with. I was just let you guys. We got to talk to Josh about the research. Jeez, Jeez. So there might be a uh, survey just to do your lines of where your house is being set on new Which, builds, new builds, neighbor disputes. Uh, you'd be amazed what title will say your house is this, and then there's a fence going right through through there you're like uh what happened to this five feet of my house what what's going on here mm-hmm. well there could have been an easement that was granted um we just need to find out or they illegally built a fence on your property and, and the old neighbors just didn't care yeah. because they'd have coffee every sunday together on the porch and where it's like hey go ahead jackie no problem yeah. a classic good neighbor <laughs> a-okay <laughs> But uh, now you want to go in there and be that new neighbor and tear it down. Well, I think out here I see a lot, maybe I think you guys do too, a big economical driver for jobs here is Intel. And with Intel comes a lot of engineers. And there's a lot of engineers who buy places out here and they want to survey the place because they plan to expand, build, they want to know the elevation. So those are our additional costs. Say you have, you're buying an acre and you got a small little farmhouse and you want to build that, you know, a Ninja Warrior course that's indoor. Do you like that? That was a that tough was really idea. Good. Two girls. Good. I know you would You've like been thinking that about one. I, I, I actually was watching it the other day. <laughs> this dude was 57, killed it. <laughs> 57. So the rip is, though, like, hey, you want to build something. A lot of engineers do want to do a survey and no elevations and, and definite specifics because they're thinking about it. And, and it can... Uh, it can get a little testy with the neighbors sometimes. So I, we had we had one, and it was just a a family kind of thing. And but you put like a thirty foot center block wall up, right? Yeah. So I, I didn't want anyone to see in the house, so I just covered the whole thing with concrete. <laughs> Casey just wants to walk around naked in every square foot of his entire property, indoor or out. Nobody sees it. the uh, <laughs> The funny thing was, is it literally was a fence, and we were replacing a fence, right? And this fence again had been in the same fence position you know since this house existence right so we're just we're gonna put a new fence up in the same fence line talk to the neighbor everybody's cool right all of a sudden survey wants to get done it's like okay cool let's get a survey done it's an older house they get it the fence line was actually three feet farther on our property side so it gave that neighbor three feet more of their backyard didn't want it i want that on the property line 
I don't want the extra three feet. You can have it back. This and we're paying for everything. The fence was almost done. Mm. We didn't even want the three feet. Keep the three feet. Take the extra three feet. They changed their mind. We don't want it. We want the line where the line is. And What'd so we had to have a new fence put on. Wow. We had to take our three feet back. <laughs> is that wow. your current place? No, no. Yeah, this yeah. is a, a previous house that we were at. Um, but yeah, it was just uh, so some people don't want the extra good neighbor, the good neighbor thing. They, they want it on the line. Some people just can't deal with change. That's good. That's Even good. if it benefits them, right, that's CK? Good. That's good, good point. <clears throat> Bringing it together, guys. Those are the 10. That's the 10, right? Those are the 10. We went through <laughs> 1 through 10 today of, uh, what is our topic again? All the costs outside of just your down payment. There. The 10 costs of buying a home, you must know. Exactly. That's a big and, one. And to top outside. it right there, guys, that was everything we talked about. We never talked about really down payments. So those are all costs associated. Outside or can, of down payment. Can be outside. A, with your home, yeah. Yeah, and just to summarize, guys, I think the biggest one, your inspection sewer radon. Those are the three, you know, that's the turkey effect. You got one, two, three, sewer, radon, home inspection. Yeah. Got to get those three done, and prior to moving forward, those are right out of pocket. Earnest money once again, yes, whatever you put down as a good faith deposit out here, average 1% of the sales price, that does get applied to your total cash to close, so it doesn't go to mortgage advisors, even though we joke around, gosh, Mm. 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 Next mm. time. Next time. <laughs> so to round it out, thanks so much for listening, everyone. We truly yes. appreciate it. This one went like a lot of research. Ten's a lot. Ten innings. How many innings are in a baseball game? Nine. Yeah, that's more than innings in a baseball. Not game. in my baseball. Eleven. I like to go extra innings every time. Playing basketball? Yeah, Casey plays okay. video games. I, I'm talking about like real sports. Cricket? <laughs> you Where's know how to play cricket. We have a cricket. We have a cricket. Oh my goodness, we do. <laughs> Reminds me of Casey Jones, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You ever played any cricket? Chicka, chicka, chicka. Well, to bring it down once again, guys, thank you again for listening to this live broadcast in the MLO studio. We're bringing it hot every time. This is your host, Addy Nett, and next week we're going to. Well, it might even be this weekend. Casey's going to bring something hot for our VA veterans, the top 10 things you need to know about VA loans. But CK, do your route. Tell them how people can reach us, how we can help them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you can direct message us on Facebook, YouTube, and... If you're listening to your podcast, you can check them on iHeartRadio, Apple. Mm. Apple iTunes, Spotify, and don't forget to catch these live shows that we try to pump out every week on Facebook and the YouTube channel's kicking off. Yeah, all those people listening, you can check us out. Facebook Live, uh, we are we do all of these, most of like 97 percent of them are all in the broadcast studio. Joshua Billups, our main man producer on the other flip side of this camera, always setting us up, trying to make us look good, even though that is a real challenge for him. And he does simply remind us that every single day. It's a great way to start our uh, our day. Oh, let's talk about this. The MLO. Oh, our little swiggy swag. Oh, this is one of our uh, our new items here. No one on the podcast that's listening can hear, but if you can see us, we have our swag edition. So hit us up if you'd like to uh, see if you can get your hands on some goodie, goodie, goodies. Got it. Uh, bring it hot. Oh, the hat. Yeah, we got the dude. stuff for. Oh, 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 oh
The crowd's going wild. The crowd's yeah, going man. wild. Oh my gosh, too fun. It's hot. I don't even know. All that throwing, I'm not used. We've done hundreds of hours that I've never had anything thrown across. I love that. I don't know why we didn't have that in there before. Well, yeah, we totally should have. Yeah, bring it hot. It's a little self-placed. Well, we appreciate all your listeners. Thanks again for checking us out. And we'll be back next Wednesday. Oh, next Wednesday, baby. Anything from you, Mr. Casey? This is M L O.